A police uniform indicates a police officer. A football helmet and uniform pads indicate a football player. So what am I getting at? Well, I believe our words and our actions are that which clothe our lives. And as people look at that, they're going to get an understanding of who we are. And today we're going to see that we are to be clothing ourselves with Christ. Welcome to this midweek edition of Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Greg, today's message gives us a lot of review of the past several broadcasts. Yes, it does, Dave, and that review is crucial for understanding what we're going to look at at the end of our passage today and in the next few days. And what is that? Well, let's turn our Bibles to Colossians chapter 3, and we're looking at verses 12 through 14. Well, thanks, Greg. Now, if you want to listen to today's broadcast again, just download our new free app from the Apple App Store. You'll find today's broadcast, archived broadcasts, as well as more about this ministry and our teacher, Pastor Greg Lundstedt. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. Well, there's that old saying, you can't judge a book by its cover. And that's true to a certain extent. If the book says Holy Bible, I can kind of know what it is, right? Or if the book has a picture of an airplane on it, it might be talking about airplanes or whatever it might be. There's a sense in which you can get an idea of what might be in there, but you can't make a judgment about it, certainly. And this is true in other areas of our lives. Take, for instance, our clothing. Our clothes can reveal something about us. Dirty old clothes might reveal that we're poor or unkept, possibly. Fine clothes might reveal that we have wealth or intentions to show respect to others around us, possibly. Now, certainly, we cannot see one's motives. But take, for instance, people's uniforms. A police uniform indicates a police officer. A football helmet and uniform pads indicate a football player. So what am I getting at? Well, I believe our words and our actions are that which clothe our lives. And as people look at that, they're going to get an understanding of who we are. And today, we're going to see that we are to be clothing ourselves with Christ. So you turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3, and we're looking at verses 12 through 14. And we've been going through the book of Colossians. We know the Apostle Paul has been informed of their faith in Jesus Christ and their love for the saints. He's also been informed of the bad guys who are trying to delude them with persuasive arguments, who are trying to bring about ways and systems to follow the Lord rather than a focus on Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul made it clear that those things are of no value against fleshly indulgence. And within this book, the Apostle Paul pointed to the solution to our issue of dealing with the flesh and dealing with anything in this life. And the solution is Jesus Christ. He is the creator. He is the Lord of this first creation. He is the Lord of the new creation, his church. That's us, those whom he's purchased with his blood. And we are those who have a blessed salvation, and in him we are complete. And the Apostle Paul, towards the end of chapter 1, began to share the Lord's ministry through him so that it would contrast the false guys in chapter 2. He revealed that the Lord's ministers are chosen by the Lord, that they're the ones who don't just decide to serve the Lord. They're those that the Lord enables and empowers to do his will. Also, that the message of the ministry is Christ. It's proclaimed through the whole Word of God completely, fully proclaimed the Word of God. 
And the method that it is done in the body of Christ is that we proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man that we may present every man complete in Christ. And that's why Paul labored and strived. And that's what we ought to be doing, those of us who have those gifts. And then in chapter 2, I've already mentioned it, but we see that Christ in him are all the treasures, or fullness of wisdom and knowledge in him, everything. It's all in Christ. But the bad guys are coming along with worldly ways to follow Jesus. Worldly ways. They will tempt you to delight in religious shadows. From the Bible, they twist it around, make it seem like it's from God, but it's a shadow that's being misinterpreted and misaligned in the focus. They tempt you to delight in your own religious experience. Boy, do we see that today, I tell you. And we also saw that they would have you hold down your body to submit to decrees, do not touch, do not do this, to treat yourself badly, to keep yourself from sinning. But all these things are of no value against fleshly indulgence. And so we saw the solution was Christ. In him we're complete. In him we have a complete salvation. And it is he that we have died with and we have been raised in newness of life. And therefore, if we've been raised in newness of life, chapter 3, we're to keep seeking the things above, the things of the exalted Christ. We're to set our mind on the things above, not the things of earth. Because we've died and our life is hidden with Christ. And when he is revealed, we'll be revealed with him in glory. And then we came to some of the first applications of the sufficiency of Christ bearing out in our lives is that we can now, in Christ, say no to sin. We can kill it off, in a sense. And we saw that we're to be killing off sexual sin. We're to not let it live in our lives. By the power of Christ, we can say no to it. We can, we're certainly forgiven when we fail, but we can say no to it, and we are to say no to it. And we are to then allow Christ to live through us. And then we saw last week that we're also to put off and not allow these things to live in our lives. Anger and wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech, those things. We're not to allow those things to live in our lives. That We're not to be clothed with those type of behaviors. We're not to be walking around where people see. That's what they see when they see us. And in contrast today, we're going to see after having put off sin, what we are to put on. And we're going to see that we're commanded to effectively clothe ourselves with Christ. Turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3, and we're looking at verses 12 to 14. And let me read this for you. And so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone... Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Today, we're going to see what we are to put on. We're to put off sin. We're to put off those things, the lusts that are in contradiction to God's will. We're to put off those anger and those attitudes that are in contradiction to God's will. But we're to put something on. And so our passage, he begins, notice this, and so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, he's going to identify who we are and give us a motivation based on some truth about us. Then he says, and here is the key, here's the command, this is the main focus of our passage, put on a heart of, and he goes and gives a list of things. And then he'll have two participles after that that are connected to that. So this group who are chosen of God, holy beloved, as we'll look at in a minute, are to put on, the word is enduo, and it simply speaks of putting on clothing. It's an illustration, it's a metaphor. You know, when I take a 
jack it off, it's not hard to do. I need to make the decision to do it. In Christ, we can put off those things that are not of him. We think we're stuck, and we are if we're not repenting, we're not confessing. Yes, if you are angry and you don't confess it, yes, you are stuck in that, and you cannot get out of that. But if you confess, you are set free. Christ set you free. And now you can take off those attitudes like a dirty garment and throw them aside, but yet that's not all we're to do. We're to put on Christ's likeness. We're to put it on. That's really the key in this portion. To put on. To be completely enveloped by something. And I've already mentioned it already, but if you look back in verse 1, we saw that if you've been raised with Christ, that means you've been united to his death and his resurrection. You are united to Christ through faith. Keep seeking the things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not the things of earth. For you have died. We've died with Christ. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. Because of that, then, therefore, therefore, we can consider something. And actually, we saw, as we looked at that, that we're actually not to consider, but we're to put to death. We're to put to death. We're not to consider ourselves dead. That's true. But that's really not what it says in Greek. It says, put it to death. We're to kill it off. We're to kill it off because we're in Christ. We have all the power of the risen Lord to make the right decisions and to empower us to do what's right. We're to put it off. What are we thinking of the things above? When you're thinking of the things below, then you're angry. Think of things below, then you're lusting. Think of things below, think of Christ, and he's helping us deal with those things rightly. And he says here to do that. Is dead to a morality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it's on account of these things the wrath of God will come. Hey, this is why God's wrath's coming. And he says here, And in them you also once walked when you were living. That's the way we lived. But now, as we saw last week, you also put them all aside. Tear them off like a dirty garment. Anger. Don't let that live in you. Don't let that be you. That's not who you are. Don't be an angry person. Give that over to the Lord. Give all the circumstances to him as we'll see. Trust him. Say no to those impulses to react to your flesh and trust the Lord Jesus to deal with things rightly. And we'll see what we're to put on instead today. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abuse of speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. You Don't live a lie. Since you have laid aside or stripped off in position, your old man has been stripped away from you. The old self or old man with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed. The one being renewed, we saw. We have a new man who is being renewed to a true knowledge of Christ, who is being renewed, and it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're slave or free or Greek or Jew or Scythian, barbarian, whatever it is, doesn't matter. It's not up to who you are and who you were, but it's up to him who renews us. And we're being renewed. And we see that it's Christ who is all in all. It's, he is doing it. It's Christ. And then, so we come to here, to our passage, and so, and so, right? There we go. Here we have what we're to be doing, and so we're to do something. Now, with this in mind, it's all in point to this fact of what we saw last and then coming to what we'll see today but that you can't put on these things that we're going to look at today without putting off those other things. you got to strip those things off. you got to say no to them. you got to confess it if you've yielded to it. 
You cannot be in sin and put on these qualities. If you do, it's just a false, phony hypocrisy. Right? The reality is, we have to take off sin, make that decision before we put on what's right. We need to make a decision. You see, some of you might be struggling with putting on Christ-like characteristics, and could it be you have not first put off sin? Could it be you haven't put it off? Could that be? James 1.19, This you know, my beloved brethren, but let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. Put off the sin, receive the word of God. First Peter 2.1, Therefore, putting aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisy, envy and all slander, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Put aside sin. Ephesians chapter 4. But you did not learn Christ this way in terms of immorality and focus and sexual things, terrible things. You didn't learn him that way. If indeed you have heard him, been taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old man, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Are you struggling with putting on Christ-like characteristics? Then maybe you just got some sinful characteristics that need to be thrown off in the context of confession. You need to throw them off. You see it rightly. So then, after putting off, we are to put on. This is the context of setting your mind to things above. We're to put on, verse 12, as so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I'm just going to talk about here the character of Christ. It's the character of Christ in you being manifest, which means you need to abide in him and yield to his will and allow his spirit to cause you to respond differently. Read this earlier, but I'm going to read it again. Romans 13:12. the night is almost gone and the day is at hand. Let us therefore lay aside, there's your same term, and do, lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Put it on. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing, drunkenness, sexual promiscuity, sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Endure him. Put him on like a garment. Allow his character to encompass you from the heart and make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lusts. Now, back in our passage, Colossians 3, verse 12, notice it starts out, and so. Now, in Greek, it's the Greek conjunction un, which is usually translated therefore. You may have another version of it, therefore. So, and so is a way, different way to translate. I don't know why they do it that way, but I just say therefore. Therefore, based on what he's just said, do this. And what did he just say? You were united to Christ, receiving all the benefits of his death, his sin, and life to God. Set your mind on things above. Therefore, since you are in position and identity and union with him, lay aside the old self, take up the new self. You've done that. He says that. A new self, the one being renewed to the true knowledge of the image of the one who created him. Since this is who you really are, put off sin and put on the characteristics of Christ, who is all and in all. 
Paul is saying because of our new life in Christ, new creations in him, him being completely sufficient, we're commanded to lay aside the old ways of our old life like a dirty garment. That means you got to think about it. you got to realize what that is is dirty. It's bad. It needs to be put off, right? you got to recognize what God says about things and do what he says as we'll say. It's not a suggestion to put those things off as we saw last week and the week before. It's not a suggestion to kill them off. It's a command. Do not let them live in your life. Don't let anger live in your life. Don't let lust live in your life. Don't let it live. Kill it off. Put it off. Now, at this point, he's going to give three characteristics of those who are to put on. And it's going to encourage us to see things right, to see ourselves rightly, so that we are motivated rightly to do what is right. He says there, and so, or therefore, as those who have been chosen of God, first one, holy, second one, and beloved, put on. Three things. Three things, three characteristics of true believers that should motivate us to obey this command. You know, God doesn't need to motivate us to obey the command, but he does. He says, here's what you're to do. But here he gives us the reasoning. And these three characteristics are those that apply to those who are believers. Remember, this book is written to those who have a faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and a love for the saints. It's written to believers. And so let's look at these truths briefly and remember that this is who we are, and therefore this ought to motivate us to do what's right. He says, first of all, therefore, those who have been chosen of God. Now this part, you know, a lot of people kind of avoid this. Okay, here we go. Now we're going to get into the whole debate over election and all stuff. We've got so much trouble in the church. We have people who have made certain doctrines the pinnacle of their relationship with Christ, rather than seeing the truths that are taught rightly in their context. Anything that may be true or right, taken out of its place and exalted above other things, becomes a perversion of that. And people become thus dogmatic and angry about those things. People say, are you a four point, five point, three point? I am a one point. Christ. It's Christ and what he has revealed. But he has revealed truth. And we need to understand it. We need to know it. What God says about us. Notice what he says. As those who have been chosen of God. This he literally says as the elect of God. This is who you are. Put on these things. The word electos means elect or chosen. When you go to the polls to elect a president, who you choose become well, if it's not rigged, but who you choose becomes the president, right? You have elected them. You made a choice to bring that person into office. And in our context, Paul is calling these Colossian believers God's elect, the ones God chose. Now, besides all the mess-up and all this stuff and all the misunderstanding, this ought to be very encouraging. You know, I don't know if you remember, you know, and this is a bad illustration, but, you know, when you're junior high or elementary school and they're choosing the people for the teams, you know, what a blessing is to be chosen. Someone thought of you, right? Well, here it's much different than that. It's a silly illustration. But here, God chose us. And what does this mean? Now, again, many debate the doctrine of election, but God has it here. But we've got to see it balanced with the other truths. We've got to see it rightly. Scripture is really clear about this. I'm going to read off some passages. You can go there if you like. Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God, verse 3, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, 
that we should be holy and blameless before him. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 But we should also give thanks to God for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. 2 Peter 1.10 Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain of about his calling and choosing you. As long as you practice these things, you'll never stumble. Scripture also identifies believers as the chosen. Romans chapter 8, 32. He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How will you not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Titus chapter 1. Paul, a bondservant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of the chosen of God. 1 Peter 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. 1 Peter 2, 9, but you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood. 2 Timothy 2, 10, for this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, Paul writes to Timothy. The reality is God sovereignly chose us. Now this bothers us. (laughs) This bothers us, right? But think about it. Did God ask your permission to create you? Did God say, what day would you like to be born on? Did God do that? God actually brought it about, right? He is sovereign. And what we feel is that it's unfair or not right. But the reality is, along with his choosing, he also freely offers the gospel to everyone. And how does this work? How does this work? I don't understand that. If you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. That's to everyone. Uh, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord, will be saved. The gospel goes out to all, so much so that Jesus, in his humanity, wept over Israel's rejection. Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as the way the hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were unwilling. Ezekiel chapter 18, 32, for I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked of anyone who dies. Therefore, repent and live. It takes no pleasure in it. And precious in his sight are the death of his godly ones. It doesn't take pleasure in people dying in their sins and going to judgment, but he's a righteous, just God. The offer is available to all. But we see many are called, but few are chosen. We go, wait, how do we deal with that? Well, how I deal with it is I look at it and I go, okay, that's true. I look at that and I say, that's true. And I believe them both. And I'm not going to try to resolve it because if I do, I'm going to get messed up. I'm going to get emotional or I'm going to become intellectual. And I'm going to get away from Christ rather than just believing what he said and looking at the intent here. The intent is God loves us. He chose us for salvation. What a wonderful thing. So then Paul says, he says, and so as of those who have been chosen of God. Now notice what he says after that. He talks about something in terms of holiness. He says, holy. He says, holy. The term Haggai uh, speaks of being set apart in context from sin unto God. You see, we were delivered from the domain of darkness, and we were cleansed from our sins. We were forgiven. We were declared righteous, and therefore we are holy. We are saints. That's a derivative of that. We're holy. We're holy in position, and God is making us holy in practice. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. 
You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the Ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you. Thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Greg, today we've just gotten through a review of what we've seen in our previous studies in Colossians. Yes, we have, Dave, and it's so important to understand the context of where we're at. But yet we've also begun to see that we believers have been chosen, and we'll see also that we're holy and beloved. And this is the foundation for what Paul will then command us to do, which is to put on the new man. Well, we've just begun to scratch the surface, so make plans to join us tomorrow for our next edition of Equipping the Saints. As we close today's broadcast, it's our prayer that the Word of God has done its work in your life and that you've been challenged and encouraged to follow Christ more closely. If you'd like a complimentary CD of today's broadcast, call us toll-free at 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Well, we hope you'll make plans to join us again tomorrow, right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints. Equipping the Saints is a broadcast ministry of Equipping Bible Church.